0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from Bend, Oregon. Welcome to the show, Mark Curie. Hey, Victor. Thanks for having me. Mark, great to have you here. You're in the asset management space. You're in the capital management. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory for those who don't know you, how you got to this point in your journey?
1: sure victor yeah i started out my career as a financial analyst a lot of spreadsheets budgets planning underwriting for corporate america and transitioned to a role doing operations management finance and operations meshed well with real estate investing i started investing on the side Um, this is pre-recession 2005. bought a condo it was very outdated pink carpet, wallpaper on the ceiling in the bathroom, that kind of thing. And so learned by renovating, doing, living in it myself. And then I thought that I was a genius and that the market had skyrocketed in appreciation by 2007. The value had gone up pretty significantly. So I pulled out some equity, partnered with my brother. We bought a fourplex in Hollywood, California. It was 75% vacant. We overpaid. We over-renovated. It took too long, I learned a lot. And so that was a little bit of the active investing while still working. By 2010, we had built a small portfolio, my family and I. For me, I was really loving it and wanted to go full time. And so we we opened up our company, SMK Capital Management to partner with other investors to continue to acquire attractive real estate. And fast forward today, we are essentially a private equity real estate investment company. We focus on investments in mainly three asset classes, mobile home parks, apartments, and self-storage. Yeah, it's it's a very fun and challenging business to say the least, but very passionate and love it.
0: Well, that's an amazing story, and I love the story. What I see today in the marketplace, as I'm sure you do as well, there's an awful lot of money chasing perhaps too few opportunities. And when assets come on the market, if they're of any quality, there are often multiple bids. It becomes that auction environment. And whoever the buyer is often ends up paying way too much. How do you stay out of that auction environment? Are you even acquiring new assets today? Are you waiting on the sidelines, waiting for better pricing?
1: Yeah, we've somewhat built a moat around that in a sense. with our business strategy, we focus on partnering with operating partners, other specialists in certain things other investment firms. A lot of them have acquisitions teams. They're on the the ground day in, day out, Victor, looking, underwriting, sourcing deals. And not until they really get one under LOI or purchase sale agreement, do they come to us and say, hey, Mark, we got a live one. Are you guys interested? Take a look. So we'll analyze, of course, the team if we haven't invested with them before, although most of our operating partners we have. We'll analyze the deal. We'll see if we like it, poke holes in the business plan, the thesis, et cetera, and and see if we we believe that we're going to be able to achieve a nice risk-adjusted return. That's, of course, the goal. And with that, we do it across multiple operating partners and multiple asset classes. So today, Victor, we kind of look at about 10 to 20 deals a month. We invest in about five to 10 a year. And it's just a filtration process that starts with our operating partners because they're looking at Hundreds of deals a month, and they might get one if they're lucky, or two that may be profitable and it makes sense. And so it's multiple layers of filtration to get to what we think. We just try and cherry pick the best deals today.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I know even for our own team, we have this conversation on a daily basis, where you know we look at a project, and if the project isn't in that hell yes category, there's multiple answers to a yes no question. There's a no. There's a maybe. There's a yes. And a hell yes. So unless it's that hell yes, we're we're not doing it. And we're saying no to more things than I would think we should be. But then again, we're full. So we should set the bar pretty, pretty high, as I think every investor should. And just because people are paying too much doesn't mean that we should lower our standards and be willing to pay more just because other people are doing it.
1: Yeah, I agree, Victor. It's very competitive. I mean, one of our operating partners just last week, I said, hey, how's it going? Any any new deals coming in the pipeline? He says, Mark, this is the first time in five years our pipeline is zero. We have nothing coming up uh, as far as an investment opportunity goes. And they're in the mobile home park and self-storage space. They've got, I think, around 800 million in assets under management, Victor, and been around for decades. And so, they basically told me the competition is so fierce today that we are actually getting outbid by 20 to 30% and historically they would have considered themselves to have been somewhat more aggressive than others and so the trends today are are clearly uh, very hard to source great deals
0: i'm a believer that you can find deals or you can manufacture them out of thin air because there's no one competing with you for an idea that's in your own mind, unless they can read your mind, but generally they can't. So rather than being a deal finder or a deal chaser, I'd rather be a deal maker. But often what that forces you to do is to stay out of that auction environment, sometimes get into the realm of development, which is more challenging. It's got more risk, but then you've got more control at the same time. Does that resonate with you at all? I would agree with that. Definitely, Victor. There's also the ability
1: to lean on other strengths so we have one operating partner that focuses again a different one but also on mobile homes and self-storage they have an in-house sales calling team of six folks full time that make one to two hundred calls per day each to sellers direct and these are to find off market non-listed non-competitive situations they've built that process that system that team up over a decade And they consistently get off-market, I would say, undervalued deals where there's some built-in appreciation versus market value. It's been an area that they've been focusing on for a long time, sourcing direct to seller. And so they have a competitive advantage there. And so we like that. And we've invested, of course, and partnered with them. And so, yeah, like you said, manufacturing deals, you're doing it physically by developing it. And these guys, of course, are doing it by searching for a needle in a haystack.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. You've kind of gotten out of the active management. I mean, a little bit more to the passive side, although the active part of your business is clearly the underwriting and the due diligence and the vetting and all of that. What's that transition been like from being an active operator to being more of a a capital partner and a fund manager?
1: Yeah, it's. uh, I tell you what, we never thought that's where we were going to go when we started our company 11 years ago now. We were buying primarily single family, small multifamily, a lot of distressed stuff, all cash, 50 cents on the dollar from what the valuation was prior pre-recession, and a lot of heavy value-add lifting, renovating, et cetera. At the same time, I had transitioned out of corporate America. I had a 401k that was kind of sitting idle Now that you're self-employed there's no matching and so i I rolled that into a self-directed ira and i needed a place to invest right that money you can't do it into your own deals otherwise you're actively managing your retirement dollars which is prohibited and so i went out victor and just went networking my tail off in southern california at the time for about two years i met a bunch of savvy folks at other firms that were specialists in certain things like mobile home parks which had done pretty darn well through the recession. So I was interested. So I started investing passively as a limited partner. My family did as well. And we did probably invest in about a dozen different asset classes over the first few years, all while still being very active with our company and our investors and and our own money. It was just a, a portion of our capital was passive. So we did that for a number of years, both active and passive. By 2017, we really started to see The landscape changing on the single family, small multifamily space, cost of acquisition going up significantly, competition going up significantly, margins getting squeezed. And we just felt that it was also quite correlated to the overall market. We felt there was potentially going to be a recession soon. In 2018, we decided to shift kind of what you're asking here, our strategy based on these market conditions to Really focus on commercial lowly or inversely correlated assets and strategies. We created a recession resistant fund in 2018, closed it in 2019. It combined both mobile home parks, self-storage, and apartments into one fund. And sure enough, 2020 happened, recession, pandemic, et cetera. And so we, we're we're just constantly looking at the market trends and trying to see where we can best position capital with the strongest risk-adjusted return. And so we haven't done, I would say, active singles, family, small, multifamily investing in probably three, four, five years now, give or take.
0: I love it. Now for you, what is what would you say is your ideal investment in terms of, let's say, the size of investment? Are you writing a $1 million check, a $10 million check? Where, what's the sweet spot?
1: Yeah, per deal, we're typically one to 5 million as a firm coming in on the equity stack.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a nice size. That can get you into a a pretty wide range of assets without an undue amount of risk exposure.
1: Yeah, we like to diversify, Victor. It's been with us for a long time as far as our thesis goes. We do that across again, people first, asset classes and regions. That's really how we find to be able to really create a diversified portfolio.
0: I love it. Well, Mark, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way?
1: Sure. I mean, our website's a great starting point. It's smkcap.com. Got a lot of information there, FAQs and recent investment examples. People can connect directly if they want to through our website again there with me and ask any questions and
0: learn more. Fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you for the perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Mark Curry at SMK Capital Management. And the website is smkcap.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend.